All right, welcome back to Scions of the Southland, everyone. My name is Akshay Schwarn, and joining me over from the beautiful campus of Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Georgia, is Jake Grant this fine Sunday afternoon. I'm doing fine, thanks. How's San Francisco? Well, uh, you know, you see weird things every day. Um, I gotten a couple interesting push notifications from the Citizen app today about various crimes and um, you know just weird stuff happening in San Francisco. So I don't know, it stays weird. In the mean, in the meantime, uh, they sent out an email about uh, naming the rooms at the new. Uh, I guess I think they're calling it the Campus Center, but it's like the um, uh, it's like the exhibition hall. Um, mm. of the, like, instead of the ballroom, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but so the theme is naming it after Atlanta neighborhoods, right? You could pick five. So naturally I picked Vine City, Bankhead, Home Park, and I think I picked Cabbage Town just because it sounded funky, but, uh, I'd love to go to a meeting in the Bankhead room when that thing is done. You, you named four out of five. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have to choose five. I felt that only four were deserving of my vote. For uh, East Atlanta Village or Buckhead or Midtown? Didn't really fit the vibe, you know. Part of the strongest part of democracy is knowing when to not vote. 2019, Yikes. Jake Grant, take it to the bank. Oh, boy. All right, maybe we're going to have to clip that one for the soundboard. Anyway... <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Um, you can follow us online at FTRS blog on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, yeah, we're a little bit sparse on participants today with Cade doing whatever, Ethan busy with schoolwork, and uh, last week's visitor, Ben, uh, out uh, and busy. So uh, it's just me and Jake manning the podcast today. I think Cade's eating sushi right now, uh, but uh, we'll let him do that in peace. What a... Damn it, Cade. We're not more important than sushi? I think this is what happens when you schedule a podcast while the football game is going on, you know? People tend to uh, miss that. But that's hey, my thought. Hey, the Falcons game ended at like four <laughs> that's fair that's fair i mean i stopped watching it like but it ended at four so yeah i had to disassociate myself from uh, the place i lived over the summer because uh my old roommate wouldn't stop talking about how the cowboys were going to win the super bowl so uh it's just that kind of day i guess are they winning i thought they were losing right now oh wait uh, no they're playing the giants they're not losing yeah there's no I way they're say, losing uh, I don't think uh, Dan Jones is about to tear it up out of the gate, but uh, I think Eli started that NCAA game. NCAA podcast, so I think Eli I started know. that game. So I don't know. All right, Mr. Grant, time for time to bring back an old classic: the fastest five minutes on the flats. Even though we really only have one sport to talk about, I have the soundboard set up. I have the music ready to go. So you give me the word. And we'll get going. Ready? This has been a long time coming. I'm ready to go. All right. Three, two, one. 
go. All right. So this week we had uh, volleyball. A little loud. Um, but uh, yeah, no. so we had, uh, we had volleyball in action. We had golf in action. Um, volleyball started the week off with a rather uh, sketchy loss to Kennesaw State. Um, you don't really want to drop non-con games, especially in the ACC, and expect to make the tournament. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of time left to uh, get some quality wins. But uh, lost to KSU 3-1 on Tuesday. Um, but we did get Mariana Brambia back this week, and we saw them in action against Lipscomb and IUPUI Thursday and Friday. We dropped a set to Lipscomb on uh, Thursday, almost dropped one to IUPUI on Friday, but Tech wound up with two wins on the weekend and were able to uh, pull off the W in their final home non-conference tournament. Brambia looked great. Uh, Bergman had two kills to seal the only set that was close against IUPUI. And then uh, they were able to uh, knock off them in three straight sets. Finally, we had uh, golf in action. That was pretty uh, expected weekend for them. So Tech was up at the Carpet Capital Collegiate, and uh, they won their 10th Carpet Capital Collegiate title. Uh, I wanted to say that twice. I think it's a great name. Um, so. Shout out to all the people up in Rocky Pace and Dalton. Um, Luke Schneider-Jins uh, went wire to wire with the win. Uh, Strafasi uh, had a great round on Sunday. And Tech is sitting at number three in golf. Um, and with that, I think that concludes what I have to say. Uh, Akshay, thoughts? Uh, so the soundboard needs work. Um, that's my yeah, main thought. It was- uh, it was throwing so we, me off a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So we went from too loud to too soft to where the uh, the mic on the soundboard wouldn't pick it up. Um, you know, it's it's a V1. Or it's a V0. You know, we'll, we'll get better over time. But, yeah. I think so that's volleyball. what they did about Jeff Collins' football team, too. But uh, that's for a little oh, bit Oh, we'll later. get to that. We'll, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so volleyball. the th- Yeah, volleyball should not have lost at KSU. <laughs> Nope. That was not good. Uh, what no. was the final score? Three three sets to one uh, in favor of Yeah, Kennesaw. they won the first you, set. You win the first set, you should probably win Kennesaw, especially playing weaker teams. It's good that they beat even Yui Pui, but that, that Kennesaw one is probably going to come back to bite them um, when it comes time to decide the tournament or when we go to RPI. It's not great. Uh, um, yeah, our RPI was sitting at about 101 going into Lipscomb on Thursday night, I believe. Um, and I know that those two wins against uh, two just eh, teams won't uh, knock that in the right direction too far. But uh, I'll go check that out, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this weekend will be better. A better uh, and you play some better opponents, or at least opponents that I can recognize. So... There's that. Yeah. Um, Tech usually gets a good road tournament in, and this year they have two, so they'll definitely have to uh, step up pretty quick um, with Oklahoma being chief among the teams they'll see out in Norman and then coming back uh, this way, except headed out east to uh, play Arkansas, Georgia, and uh, NC State will also be there, but they won't play them the weekend after that. So, a lot of big names on the schedule coming up. 
Yeah, it's a good time to pick up some early RPI points. They do well. Yeah. Um, also, I checked RPI. Uh, they haven't updated it since uh, last November. Tech was sitting Classic. at 101 at the time, though, so I don't think it'll be too different than back then. Womp womp. It'll be oh, fine. Well. Uh, it's a gross All year. Right. They pl- they've played almost totally uh, junior seniors. So, or not junior yeah. seniors, sophomores and freshmen. So, yeah, I think they're still getting the depth and the rotation figured out. Like we talked about last week, Brambia was out for last weekend. Um, and she got she got some playing time this weekend, so that was good. Um, Looked rusty in the first set on Thursday, but yeah. I mean, it's like the Falcons okay. starting at week one, having not really tried during the preseason. It it happens. Yeah, yeah, uh, I totally agree. Yeah, womp womp. Speaking of other things that uh, looked rusty uh, in their first appearances, um, Georgia Tech this week, Florida. Yes, we're going to call them South Florida because it pisses them off so much. Uh, Georgia Tech won fourteen to ten. Um, like I said, it was ugly, uh, but it's, you know, it's always good to win at home. Uh, opening thoughts, opening thoughts, Mr. Grant. Uh, about the football or about the home? I don't know. Why, why not both? Let's go for both. All right. Um, so one thing I don't talk about a lot in my columns and in Yellow Jacket Roundup and on the podcast, but it is a fact of my Georgia Tech experience is I'm a member of the Ramblin' Rec Club. Uh, last year I was football chair. So the game day atmosphere is something that I've been pretty invested in in my time on the flats. And yesterday was nothing like any other game I've seen at Georgia Tech. Um, some good, a lot of it just kind of weird. Um, I thought the, uh, again, I saw them play out, out in Clemson, but I didn't get to say this on the pod last week, but it just looked like a different Georgia Tech team out there. Uh, I am somebody who came into this uh, fandom while they were deeply ensconced in the uh, in the triple option. So it's very weird to see Georgia Tech out there without the explosive uh, offensive uh, definition that they've always had. We've been the the book smart school with the weird uh, offense and the curmudgeon as our coach. And yesterday, uh, say what you will about the offense, but we were powered by our defense and. Uh, Again, that goal line stop against, uh, I think it was a third down. Yeah, I think it was third down because um, the band was playing space chords. Um, but third down, fumble at the goal line, great stop. Our defense looked, honestly, I'd say it's one of the better ones I've seen from us with my own eyes. Um, and that's great because Collins has the mind of a great defensive coach. So good steps there. Minister of Mayhem. Uh, Minister yeah. of Mayhem. Oh, shoot. If only this was a video. I have one of those uh, Minister of Mayhem Please. dollar bill things that they oh. were handing out. Oh. Yeah. It says, All right. I have thoughts on that. I have thoughts on that. Yeah. I'm going to let you finish, though. I was going to say, I've got thoughts on that, too. But since I pulled it out, um, it's a $3 bill that says Minister of Mayhem and Money Down. Um <laughs> With the Georgia Tech seal on the left of his face and a GT with a crown on it on the right, it says Georgia Tech football. I can't understand the serial number. And the secretary of the treasury is Lawrence, Lawrence H. Summers. 
don't know if that's old or accurate. Oh, and of course, it has its uh, ubiquitous uh, Georgia Tech Twitter handle on it. So, but is it Coach Collins or is it the Big Time Football account? It it's uh, at Coach Collins because his face is on it. Of course. Like Wait, is this signature? signature? Is this act? It, okay, cool. That's what I expected. I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah. Oh, and there's a slight watermark that's like the Campanile top in the background. That's kind of cool. I didn't okay. see it yesterday. That's kind of cool. It's still dumb, okay. oh. but like that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. So what would you see from home, Akshay? Obviously, that kind of took a couple left turns, but uh, but I, I want to know your thoughts. Um, uh, more left turns than a NASCAR race. Uh, here's what I think. And, and super tactically savvy either of us we usually leave that to ethan and Cade. and last week we left it to ben so this is going to be more high level thoughts uh from both of us but offensively you know i think we saw some positives like you saw um the offense gain a little bit more ground uh in certain spots but the play calling was still not super inspiring um you had Lucas Johnson start start most of the snaps. Uh, James Graham came in uh, for four or five plays. Tobias Oliver played uh, a little slot receiver and got a little weird with the option in places and then also played some quarterback. I Someone commented this somewhere. I think it might have been a tweet that I saw. But at a certain point, I think Tech has just got to – find a quarterback and even despite his flaws just sort of ride him out until and and as far as he'll go because if we keep changing packages and we keep changing quarterbacks in and out I think that just leads to a lot of confusion and it's it's a situation that's ripe to be taken advantage of by opposing defenses that might be a little smarter than USF's was um not to not to say anything not to denigrate USF's defense because they did a good job of even on the explosive plays that we were planning they did a good job of keeping us uh, keeping us down i think we only had 250 yards of total offense um I but mean, but they they defended themselves out of that game with all those personal fouls so don't sell yourself too short on that take right but it the, the overarching point I'm trying to make is you have to pick one guy and stick with it because it you are going it's bound to end up in disaster and mistakes if you just have to keep switching him out. And granted, you have a little bit of a schematic advantage intuitively when you keep throwing newer like different quarterbacks in the mix and defenses have to adjust their tendencies. But if you're playing teams like other teams in the ACC, so like your Dukes, your UNCs that have seen Tobias Oliver and then also have film on um, also have film on Lucas Johnson from Clemson and uh, and USF now. I think you just got to stick to one guy. I, I keep repeating the same point, but that that's that's the at the end of the day, it's that's how you're going to see improvement over the course of the game. You're seeing this offensive line that's already sort of not super strong and having to adjust from the option they're they're having to switch how they do their pass protection depending on who's in a quarterback and that's not sustainable that's not sustainable week over week well i've got a question for you 
do you believe, Mr. Computer Science Guy, in momentum, be it team momentum or player momentum? Oh, my God. Are you referring to this, like, this Twitter argument that we saw, was it earlier this yeah. week with David oh, Hale? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he makes good. It's not momentum as a concept, but I, I, I'm split on it because you can definitely see uh, at times where coaches will run one play. Um, they'll run like a play action or they'll or pass early on in a drive to set up the run later on. And, and commentators will, will, um, will drive that point home over the course of a game. I think it's entirely valid like, as a concept. The numbers may not agree with it, but it's, it's more emotional momentum than, than, okay. like, than sort of like this, oh, the stat building momentum psychological thing i think yeah if i might offer my own thoughts on it um i think you make a good point and i would call that more riding the hot hand um, yeah because i i know that's just repasting a physics argument with statistics gambling kind of lens but i think it's definitely more true as to what happens like if the defense doesn't know what's going on they're not gonna not that they're not going to figure it out, but you might as well play what works until it doesn't, you know? And I think we saw that with Tobias last year, tearing them apart in the second half, leaving Taquan granted talented kid. Thank you for your time on the tech on the flat, but Tobias was the hot hand and they take him out and they lose the game. Tobias, when he was in, especially on the ground seemed very effective and now we see him at he's a great slot. runner like we see we see him at slot and returning plays though exactly to your point this kid can play like and he was he doing a play. fine job just, running the ball at quarterback. he can play he just can't play quarterback because he can't throw the ball i'm sorry i love like he's a great athlete like he's a tremendous athlete but his he can't throw the ball and like in this offense and what Dave Patino wants to run his play calling prowess or nah, beside you have to be otherwise we're going to see defenses adjust like Clemson did where they were when Tobias was in versus Clemson they stacked the box and dared us to throw over the top they knew he wouldn't be able to complete passes they dared us to throw over the top yep you're not wrong you're not wrong so Again, to, to wrap up the offensive discussion, pick a guy and stick with him, please. <laughs> I I think we'll see I think we'll see a little bit more rotation next week versus Citadel, but I think after that, once you get into the meat of conference play, you 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 find one guy that's and you ride the high hand. Yeah. Uh one last thought. I honestly did not get a good look at the trick play because I was down front row in the student section, so I did not really see what was going on until it was unfolding in front of my eyes. Uh, thoughts on the, uh, the Dave, wait, what were we going to call that? The Pat Nodes uh, special I called fever it dream? Some, yeah, I called it uh, Dave Pat Nodes fever dream. Uh, it looked like a swinging gate. Uh, if you remember the Colts, it was either the Colts or the Redskins. They, they set up in that play 
took a false start penalty and then set up in it again. Um, and then, oh no, it was the Colts. They set up in it again versus the Patriots and then lost like seven yards when they, tra- yeah. when they actually stabbed the ball. This like one was door. It swang right back, you know, bam. Yeah. It, this one had a similar, albeit less negative effect. I guess we only lost a couple yards. I think it's I think it's good to mix it up a little and bring in the trick plays, like especially with the offense that we're kind of running. It re- reminds me a little bit of Chip Kelly's Oregon, um, getting yeah. weird with it at times and going going a little bit higher tempo. But in this case, I think you need a lo- a little bit more powerful of an offensive line or at least people up front to block for that. And you have to pull it off fast. Like I think that that play was coming off of it wasn't you weren't going tempo. You were you were just setting up. You took not necessarily getting getting set and then snap the ball. If you go tempo, you set up you set up very quickly. You'll catch the defense off guard, and that might that might break someone free in the next game. So yeah, I don't know. I like getting weird with it. Just. Could have done. Could have done better. Fair enough. Ooh, didn't mean to do that, but that is relevant. Um, let's see. I w- did want to point out uh, with the NFL music, Georgia Tech did move up to fifty-first in defensive S and P plus or SP plus. Rip the ampersand. I don't remember Tech ever having that high of a defense. I mean, granted, it's week two, but. You know, I think there's still something to be said for the improvements made so far there. Mm-hmm. I agree, um, especially when that uh, number 51 defense gave up 52 points to Clemson on a lot of yards. Um, I guess I'll take it. I'm sure uh, Bill C's system knows that Clemson was a good team and kind of you expect them to run ramshackle over an okay Georgia Tech defense. but. I mean, you got to be, to borrow a phrase, a chaos creator. And it looks like Georgia Tech's done that with the tackles for losses and, I guess, general effective limitation. We had a couple turnovers, um, three and outs. A lot of punting. Their punter was pretty good. Ours is better. But, so uh, was ours. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely interesting to watch. Um, I really like Trey Swilling's play so far. Um, Trey, uh, if y'all are uh, old school from the Rumble Seat types, you might remember that my uh, first article for From the Rumble Seat, uh, shocking, uh, if you consider what I write now, aka history and non-rev sports, uh, was Trey Swilling's recruiting profile uh, um, back before he... That was a uh, long time ago. Yeah, before he came to the flats, uh, summer of 2017. Um, but, but, yeah, no, I've always liked the kid, had a soft spot for him, and I think he has very much a claim to be our MVP of the season so far. Um, Trey's looked great, and uh, Demetrius Knight playing well as a freshman. So I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's move on to the Citadel. Yeah. All right. So. 12.30 ESPN's ACC Network Extra and at home on historic Grant Field at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Georgia Tech will face FCS. The 
located somewhere in South Carolina. I forget the exact city. Uh, there is no spread available. Not really any odds on this at all. Uh, Tech is probably supposed to win this game by a lot. Um, Citadel's last game was a seven-point loss to Elon, and they now sit at 0-2 on the season. Um, interesting note uh, for those of you out there that don't know, Citadel does run the option, uh, and they gave Bama some fits last year. I think they actually either were tied or led at halftime. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Grant, some opening thoughts on the Citadel. Um, obviously, this one's a uh, cherry picker, uh, but uh, if we lose to a triple option offense, either our fans are going to go ballistic or they're just going to be numb. And uh, at this point, I can see either being a realistic shot of happening. Um, There's a lot of said, schadenfreude built into that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> Especially absolutely. if you were like a big triple option guy, like there'd be a lot of schadenfreude built into, the, <laughs> built into this game. See, I like to think I'm a pretty big triple option guy. I would definitely be, I'd just be sad. I wouldn't be salty. Just like, you know, but, uh, the Citadel is not that great of a team. Uh, I know you have fourth quarter scores have done them in. I didn't know that, um, but I don't know. They're 0-2 for a reason. They're a small school from South Carolina. Um, we can joke uh, all the time about Gardner-Webb and like stuff like that, but, uh, but Georgia Tech should beat this team no matter how bad of a Power 5 uh, – we are we are expected to tell. I like the twelve thirty kickoff. Um, I don't like the heat. Um, honestly, anything after straight up noon and bless the Lord, we do not have an eleven a.m. kickoff. Um, but don't enough. count your chickens. Don't count your chickens true, before their hats, Jake. True, true. I'm telling you, um, it's going to happen before the end of the season. We're going to be in that 11 a.m. slot on ACC Network, and I'm going to have to get up at like 8 a.m. to watch us. To watch us, so not looking forward to that. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. Um, but the 2 p.m. slot was bad. I know that this is not directly Citadel related, but other than it being hot as heck, uh, I kind of like the leisurely morning, um, and then I still had time for dinner. But that's Again, more of a South Florida comment than the Citadel. Yeah. Um, Let's bring in some stats here. I wanted to touch on the thing that you said that I mentioned in our Google Doc here. I looked through the last um, while I was doing search. It's like Citadel's lost these games. Granted, they're the other FCS opponents, but they've lost both of their games late. Um, Towson, who was their game one, ended up scoring the winning touchdown uh, with 1.30 left on the clock. And then Elon scored uh, with six minutes left in the game. So it's not like they're not able to put points on the board. It's they have, they have trouble holding onto these leads and finishing out games. Now, that being said, uh, if you go off of Ellie's uh, S&P Plus for – FCS teams, um, they were rated just about squarely between the bottom two teams in the nation. 
um, or the bottom two FBS teams in the nation, excuse me, which are UMass and Utah, uh, if you adjusted for FBS versus FCS. So, again, I think we, like, obviously we agree this is a game that Tech can and should win. Uh, but if, if it gets announced, if Tech doesn't cover, I think we have kind of... We, I just want to see them have a chance to run something uh, consistent out of the offense. I know I'm not going to say this is going to be a cakewalk, but it should be a less stout of a defense than USF and especially, especially Clemson. So I would like to see uh, us get some sustained drives going um, and open up, not open up the book, but just with a little bit less pressure. And again, I know that I'm saying, things that I better knock on some wood so there you go but uh I'd like to see him open them up a little bit all right I think that about covers it for the Citadel uh let's roll into our ACC coastal tasting menu Mr. Grant why don't you I I do want to say one more thing Akshay um oh my god you're ruining my transitions here Usually I'm the one that makes them better, but uh, I'll take uh, – oh. I, I do want to take one sec about the, like, the atmosphere at the stadium, right? Because I did say I was going to come back to that. Um, a lot of that, I guess, is just on them figuring out what the heck they want to do in this new era or whatnot. Like, clearly they have money down. They printed off a bunch of fake money for it. But, like, the DJ wasn't playing at times that they said the DJ was going to play at. And the ride out behind the wreck, there was a big, awkward, long pause after the wreck rolled out in the football team. And then I guess there was no introduction of buzz. It just felt very different. And if they want the stadium to have a good vibe, and it was all right at times, uh, I'll say yesterday, but if they want people to be really invested, they have to figure out, they got to sit themselves down in marketing or whoever has these conversations and go, hey, like, we need a unified experience, uh, and we can't – it seems like they took a lot away from what it used to be, or at least a lot of, like, little details of what it used to be and didn't do a lot of adding back, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think there were just – in terms of atmosphere, obviously I'm watching from home, so I can't necessarily comment about in-stadium. Whoops. But uh, not see- – Seeing the wreck ride out after the fact um, on Twitter and it, the wreck not being immediately in front of the team, you know, that's a little different. Uh, as part of the Ramblin' Wreck Club, which I also was a part of before I graduated, um, one of the things that you get is as a senior is you get to ride in the Rumble Seat of the Wreck for a home game. Um, and one of the things that I really enjoyed is the fact that last year is the fact that the team is right behind you. It's it's an incredible experience to drive through a banner, which also there anymore. But to drive through that banner um, with the team behind you, there's just this rush of energy. Um, and granted, like we're saying, this is a this is a work in progress. This is a V zero for um, for the game day experience, and a lot of other parts went well. But seeing those pregame things that you and I have taken for granted, me over the last four years, and you for the last three, um, you know kinks but it, it's just going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for y- y'all in the stadium and and for us viewing at home 
Yeah, I uh, I can speak on good authority that the band doesn't like not playing space chords, and I oh, knew wait, that they I were going to say that. I yeah. have that. Okay, That's so, so it was out the recorder of version. It was that the was recorder terrible. version. <laughs> oh my anyway. god! Oh my ears. Um, but uh. I uh, I was gonna say I wasn't I knew the band wouldn't like it, but I wasn't expecting to hear so many students go. It just didn't feel like Georgia Tech football, and that was like, but not in like the like, oh my gosh, everything's so hyped, but just in like, oh, it's hot. I want to leave. I'm not having a crazy great time, and I was like, that that bumps me out to see, you know. Um, but I don't know. and I think it'll get better. It'll it should LSU get better. Says, LSU says, let the band play neck. I say, let the band play space chords. Let the team run right out. Because that, that spike that you get from it's third down and then 300 people playing really loud and a bunch of students having those fingers waving and yelling is a little bit different than... Money Down a, does not have the same... A single DJ playing a pipe song that doesn't, that doesn't repeat. You know, it's not... Like, even Tennessee's third down for what was third down for what every time even though it was the fog-hatting dumbest thing I've ever seen at a football game. Um, I, like, I, I just – you can change some stuff up, but you can't just take it all away, is my opinion. And Georgia Tech marketing has better figure that out or there's just going to be – it's going to be a, a year zero of stadium too, and that's not how you get fans to want to come back, you know? Yeah, uh, it'll get better. It should get better. It's it's week one at home, or week two in this case, but it's your first home game of a new era, and mostly new staff. Like even in even in the athletic department and some of the assistant, the mar- like the assistant positions. Um, it's not like it was true. bad by any means, but it's just it it'll get better. There's it it'll get refined. It'll get tweaked. You have to you have to understand. Well, we have to sort of take into consideration that. Uh, saw uh in well my four years and your three years so far is is built on top of what almost like a decade of of paul johnson and the way that he wanted things run and the way that the um and the way that the marketing department had worked with him to get things run so it's again (laughs) work in progress yeah i uh i don't know i'm I'm learning quickly that I'm more of a curmudgeon than I thought. Um, and I had one last comment. Ah, I do this to myself a lot. For those of you who know me in real life, it's so true. Um, but yeah, no, uh, turnout, especially for those later ACC games, uh, hopefully will be an uptick. And that's what I'll leave it at. Yeah. Oh, cool. yes. One good thing, the under tunnel that the players walk through looks super cool now. I I gotta say, it's like I'm man, jealous. The DJ down there was actually working. There was lights and a big banner that was like, not even a banner, uh, like a big mural on the wall under the stadium. Like that would get me hyped if I was running out to that as a player. Um, it so looked like a dance that. club the entire time, from what I saw. It was it was cool. Like when I was down there, it was all concrete concrete and balloons taped to the wall yeah i know the feeling 
banner stuck in the corner. Back in my day. Uh, oh, I remember my comment. Uh, the, the greatest loss, or not even loss, but like the best thing they got rid of is getting rid of that steam whistle. <laughs> the, hey, the big I like one. the whistle. You like the whistle. Uh, I, I did like the whistle, but that thing was a lot more trouble than it's worth, even though uh, running the fog gun was pretty great. Um, great game day experience. Um, but if, uh, if rumor is to be believed, they're working on a real steam whistle for the stadium. So that would be definitely, definitely a step up. Like, Oh yeah. Big, it's like, it'll be time. like the cannons. It'll be like the cannons at, uh, Virginia um, Tech. California has one Virginia too. Tech. Cal does it. Washington does it. Um, USC may do it. What am I thinking of? Mm. Uh, uh, shout yeah. out to my that, boy there's a lot of the teams. California cannon. I got you, Con. Um, but yeah, there's there's a, having like a prop like that would be fun. I'd be down. Yeah. Well, again, especially since we don't have to run it. <laughs> true, true. Um, but yeah. Anyways, I derailed yeah. us from that. Thanks for indulging me. Hey, lots of left turns like a NASCAR uh, NASCAR race. True. All right, Mr. Grant. Time for the ACC Coastal Tasting Menu for real this time. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's all right. get started. Go for it. All right. All right. Friday, UNC at Wake, 7 p.m. And this is a non-conference game? Yeah, that's weird. That one was a weird aberration in the schedule. It's weird that that doesn't count for ACC standings. This is some weird... John Swafford, Tobacco Road stuff. You know. think uh, UNC will start uh, 3-0? and mm, I mean, unless the claw fence gets going in a really good way, which it has been the last couple weeks. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I think I'd pick UNC here. Not that I have a vested interest, but, yeah, give me UNC. All right, uh, Saturday. Pitt at Penn State. Uh, Penn State is favored by 16 and a half in their third straight home game. They're on at ABC at noon. Ugh, Pitt. This game was weird last year. I remember Pitt uh, looked good for about a half, and then Penn State blew the doors off of them. Um, so give me Penn State here. Give me Penn State to cover, too, because I, I don't believe in Pitt. Their un- new uniforms are good. Don't believe in Pitt as a football team. <laughs> we head up there in two weeks. Um, womp womp. And we got Furman at V Pit U uh, minus uh, a lock are what our show notes say. I can only assume that there's either no line or. There's no spread on this okay, one. Because it's FCS. Yeah. And that's uh, on at noon as well, but they're on the uh, worldwide leader in ACC sports. Uh, Furman proved yesterday that they are, in fact, better than Tennessee. They only lost to Georgia State. By six, Tennessee lost by eight. That's uh, that's all I got to say on that one. Cool, cool. Uh, then we got uh, Bethune Cookman at Miami, also minus a lot. Uh, that's four p.m. on uh, the uh, same old, same old uh, worldwide leader in ACCN. <sighs> Miami's gonna have to find an offensive line somewhere here soon. This is not not productive for them. The, the, Miami is what zero and two going into this game versus Bethune Cookman. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a gimme, but 
they're going to have to, they might have to work for it, honestly. Also, these ACC network slots being offset from regular broadcast, broadcast slots. It's a weird. It's a 330 game. I don't know why they have it offset by 30 minutes. It, it kind of makes me upset. It's a game to tune into uh, if your game goes into commercial. If you're a casual fan, is my guess. But uh, it's weird otherwise... because they're all of them are what? It's like twelve. It's like eleven o'clock, which starts before all the other two, which should be three instead, and then four, which should probably be like six. Like, why not just <laughs> go with the normal numbering system or the time system that we've established in college football? Why it'd be weird. I don't Actually, understand. we live in a brave new world of college football in 2019. Nothing is the same. Uh, it's still going to be just as chalky as ever. Continue. Uh, we got Duke minus three at, at Middle Tennessee State, uh, 7 p.m. on your uh, local, probably not dead, Raycom Sports, I guess. Oh. Is that Raycom? Uh, I, no, I didn't see, I didn't see a uh, network provider, so I just assumed it's on an RSN. Um, and probably also available via ACC Network Extra. Huh. This game is weird. Duke is only getting three points here, um, which is a, basically a home field advantage. That's weird. That's scary. Duke should be better than that. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably draw worse than Middle Tennessee, so maybe that uh, home field advantage is helping out. Uh, the boys. I was I was gonna say the boys in blue, but then I remember Duke is in fact both of them blue. are blue. So, yeah, Blue Devils versus Blue Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All and right. then uh, last, we got? we got Florida State at number twenty-four, Virginia, who's favored by eight uh, at seven thirty p.m. on ACC Network. All right, now this is a normal broadcast slot. Thank you. This is entirely a normal broadcast slot. Um, FSU is bad. Uh, they did not look any better than they did versus Boise versus ULM. They probably should have lost to ULM. Um, UVA is probably your prohibitive coastal favorite, even though UNC might have uh, something to say about that. Uh, SP Plus also says that UVA has a 10% chance of winning 11 games this season which is weird <laughs> and very uncomfortable. Give me, oh. give me U- UVA to cover. You're telling me we're playing in That's... Charlottesville this year? Oh, dear. I'm in danger. Yeah, I hope you're not trying to go to that one because uh, Mendenhall might blow the doors off, <laughs> especially after last year. Oops. Um, right. But, yeah, that, that's the uh, coastal at a glance. All right. Tasting menu. Totally didn't steal that segment from PAPN, but uh, yeah. It's still an SB Nation property. You don't have to worry about that. As long as I don't have to pay for a copyright, I think uh, think I'm good. I don't have the money for that. But we do have one more segment that is entirely our own, right? Indeed. Big balls. Paul's calls of the week. You know, I really thought about renaming this after Jeff got no. hired. No, but no, absolutely not. We still don't. We haven't seen Jeff take like a lot of fourth down risks. I feel like, like we 
in the Clemson game, we punted from Clemson's 35 a couple times. It, it, you know, he needs to he needs to show the risk taking before I before we consider it more. He's about as conservative as Akshay in a club. So I don't know what that means. That I, exactly is, is that a okay? Well, all right, Jake. You didn't pick a game last week, but uh, you want to read out what our fellow from the Rumble Seaters picked? Yeah. Um... So Ethan had UCF minus eight at FAU and uh, UCF looked a little bit better than minus eight against their in-state, not quite rivals, in-state shenanigan partners. I don't know. Uh, it, it was the lane a game. Train. It happened. Yeah. The lane train is, uh, it's Derailed. not off the rails. It's sunk to the bottom of some swampy lake over in Boca. Um, and then we had, uh, Ben's 0-1 pick, uh, ODU at VPSU, uh, minus 28 and Virginia Tech, uh, they won this year. They won, but only by 14 over, uh, they squeaked that one out. They really squeaked that one out. I mean, they got, they got their W, but wasn't minus 28. Um, ODU against the spread, baby. Should have picked them again. Yep. All right, Mr. Grant. All right, Mr. Grant. You lost your uh, Stanford Northwestern last week, if I remember correctly, um, on one of the worst bad beats I think I will ever have seen live. You saw that live? Wow. Well, I didn't go, but I watched it on TV. So I'm going to count it. Fair enough. Um, All right. Yeah, my game this week is one of the best rivalries in all the corn-fed Midwest, and that is uh, El Asico, uh, as per uh, our fellow SB Nation cohorts. I guess they're now Banner Society, dubbed them. But uh, it's number 19, Iowa, at ISU, who is receiving votes. Uh, number 26. Number 26, yeah. ISU. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they're favored by one uh, at home in Ames. Uh, 4 p.m. on FS1 Eastern Time. I'm gonna have to go Iowa on that one uh, to win outright. So I guess Ooh. they have to I mean, win outright. Yeah, at one point it's kind of a push. Anything between like two points plus or minus. If it wasn't one, I'd go for the memes and call it a push. But uh, I mean, at that point, I just want to call Iowa the winner outright. All right, so Iowa gets the Cyhawk Trophy for Mr. Grant. Uh, College game day will be in Ames for the first time ever, so that's kind of fun. That is. This should be a good game. Um, It's going to be a lot of power football versus the weird shenanigans that ISU does on uh, offense. So I'm actually really excited to watch it. All right, uh, I picked – Nebraska versus Colorado last week, uh, and I took Colorado plus seven and a half. Oh, yep. yes, the boys in Boulder. They took it to OT, and they took it to Nebraska, who I knew was overrated. 34-31 Colorado. Count me a winner. Except in Pickham, Akshay. Except in Pickham. I don't want to talk about it. Totally didn't go one and ten this week. It's fine. It's fine. I didn't even pick this game as part of our pickup, so I kind of regret that. 
All right. Rip. What did I put on the sheet for this week? Oh, yes. Number 24, USC, which I guess, yay. I think I mis- misreported these. Anyway, ranked USC is favored by four at BYU, uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. This is an interesting one. BYU is coming off of an OT win in Tennessee. Also, man, Tennessee is a dumpster fire. Um, and USC blew the doors off of Stanford uh, in the second half uh, in Los Angeles, which was kind of depressing to see. So, um, but this is going to be – it's really going to come down to for this one. I think it's going to be whoever can – handle the emotional like coming down from the emotional high that they're both on right now and the way that keaton slovis played versus stanford uh and the way byu just kind of had to scratch and claw through to get past tennessee uh well a tennessee team that was effectively giving them the game i think i go usc on this one uh and probably to cover too Speaking of Tennessee, if you guys yes. haven't seen our colleague Connor Knapp uh, go through great oh pain uh, on the internet, go sure to check. Be sure to check out uh, Barstool Gambling uh, because uh, he was live to call the end of the Tennessee BYU game. But uh, I like I like this BYU USC game. I think it'll be tight. I really hope BYU wears their royal blue uniforms and not the navy blue because the royal blue looks so much better. Fair enough. But I think they uh, they might just have those for Holy War. So I, uh, I expect to be disappointed. But I'm also a Falcons fan. So kind of a place for me at this point. Womp womp. <laughs> womp womp. All right, Mr. Grant, any final thoughts? Uh, no, sir. Uh, I got in my... Uh... My thoughts about football, got in volleyball. Uh, we'll see them both in action next week. And uh, golf looked very uh, convincing in their wins. So, all in all, you can't really ask for for much else. Dropping one against Kennesaw State is just the price to pay for wins in three sports, I guess. Small price to pay for salvation, as one movie star might say. Both. All right. And we'll see them back right. next week at the same bad time, same bad channel. Yep. We will see you all, like Jake said, next week. Peace out. Bye.